Hey, this is Howard Jacobson. I'm here at Vita Vegan Con 2013 talking with Dan Hanley from thegayvegans.com. Hello, Dan. Hey, Howard. How are you? Excellent. Good. So I wanted to talk to you because we were talking yesterday. You kind of have a real interesting story and, a, and a, a different take on the vegan community than a lot of folks. Um, so first of all, um, when did you first transition or first even hear about the idea of a plant-based diet? Sure, I was in the, the Navy and heard uh, different stories from around the world around people who did not eat meat. And I was fascinated coming from central Michigan, the typical all-American story. And uh, I learned more about their cultures that didn't even include meat or their cultures where um, meat was a very small portion of the total plate, un unlike in the United States where meat is a big portion and then you have little portions of potatoes or vegetables or something. Um, and then I, um, as I was able to gain a little more control over what I ate processing out of the military, I decided that for ethical reasons I wanted to do everything I could not to consume meat. And that was 17 years ago. And um, that process began by just uh, meeting other people who um, only ate plant-based and uh, starting to go to a lot of potlucks. I became vegan in the South, a little more difficult. Um, this was 17 years ago, so it was 96. Um, not a lot of uh, plant-based options on menus and restaurants. Not really a lot of plant-based um, recipe books or cookbooks out there. So um, I learned to eat really delicious food from going to potlucks and eating what other people uh, prepared. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's really important for people who are trying to transition to find a community, even if it's really small. Definitely. You know, I remember the first time like a friend of mine told me, oh, here's what you can cook. You can make, uh, you know, steamed kale, sweet potato, and hummus. And I'm like, wow, that sounds good. But I didn't do it for like 18 months because it's still... And then I went over to his house and he made it for me. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> exactly. You know, like just seeing it and seeing other seeing it being a normal part of someone else's life can, can kind of flip that switch for you. Exactly. And, and what I learned right away was that potato chips and Pepsi are both vegan. And so what I, what I had to do is realize that for my entire life, I had consumed products that were injected or fortified with what my body needed. And now I had to go directly to the source. So um, for instance, I had never had kale, collard greens, um, Swiss chard um, before I became vegan. I just, I, I might have, I don't even remember hearing about kale. Um, I had never had tofu. Um, and then there's this joke in my marriage where my husband calls what I would prepare when we were first dating Dan's meal, which is a, a frozen Amy's burrito with tater tots. That's kind of what I ate. You know, mainly when you're single, you don't really cook a lot by yourself. But, but now whenever we've had a long day, he'll say, hey, let's do a Dan's meal tonight. But the, you know, predominantly we eat in our place plant-based uh, dinners, we eat a lot of um, kale, Swiss chard, all the things that I had never heard of that we grow in our own garden, um, along with a lot of legumes. And then my favorite, favorite is blackened tofu, um, which, I, which we add along with that. So it's, um, it's, all, it's all a process. I think the, the biggest obstacle is taking the time to learn what food gives you what.
and so that you can go you know be, begin this journey of okay if I have a serving of blueberries in a smoothie with a serving of this like I love to mix blueberries and kale in a smoothie that's a great start to my day because I'm already getting a lot of those uh, amazing things that kale and blueberries give you um, or if I haven't had a dark leafy green by the end of the day I make sure that I incorporate that into dinner right so, yeah just, uh, you know if you, if you eat by the rainbow Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's what it kind of look, looks like now. But I definitely have to say that it is a process and it's all about learning. And, and these days, you know, you can spend 10 minutes on the web and find out amazing information about what food does for you and to you. And, and that could be, you know, good. You know, these foods do this for you. Or it could be bad. These foods do this for you. And, and you want to stay away from some of those. But we, um, we've come a long way in, in the 17 years and the nine years that Mike's been vegan in, in what we decide to prepare at home. Mm -hmm. So what have the impact been on your health, your energy, your vitality? Well, I'm 47 years old, and, and again, I decided to go plant-based because of animal welfare. I didn't want to be part of harming any living being. And, um, but now, at 47 years old, I'm, I reap the benefits, the health benefits, of not consuming animals. Um, so I would say that um, I feel amazing. I don't know what I would have felt like if I had been consuming animals for 17 years, so it's difficult to answer that. But I would say um, last Sunday, Mike and I ran our first half marathon, and um, I'm sure are probably sure that we could have done it had we been still consuming meat but we um but you know we neither one of us is a professional runner we decided to do this as a fundraising effort and we trained for a couple months and last sunday we both finished um we you know we we feel pretty good and um you know our doctors tell us that our blood work is amazing so i think um I think there are things that, as a 47-year-old male, I'm not as concerned about because I don't consume meat. Uh -huh. um, the, and the, the prostate stuff. The prostate stuff. Anything where food touches in your body um, on the way out, I think um, you know we're pretty fortunate. It doesn't mean that it can't happen. I just think it means that we have a less likelihood of it happening um, as long as we remain balanced in everything else. And that's important. It's important not to not to go off on a lot of junk food binging and, and to re remain true to make sure that we're eating all of those types of plants and uh, vegetables and fruits that, that do so much good for our body. Right, I just want to, you know, I want to emphasize that what we're talking about, at least in the, the, you know, in whole and in the China study community is not vegan or not, you know, not vegan or not, but whole food plant-based. Definitely. If, if your diet is, you know, 95% plus there, um, you know, that's that's what we're talking about, not just, you know, finding the latest fake meat. Oh, of course, yeah, or, yeah. You know, yeah. deep-fried, deep you know, vegan Twinkies. Exactly. Our, our biggest processed food that we eat the most of would probably be tofu. And we're doing sprouted tofu now, but yeah, it's easy to, to um, want to uh, jump into a Whole Foods market and buy the latest Amy's vegan mac and cheese. And you know, that's like a comfort food. But um, what we really 
try to focus on is um, have we had kale today? Have we had collard greens? Have we had Swiss chard? Um, you know, what, what, what are we going to have fruit-wise, Blue, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries? Um, do we have flax in the house? Um, what's our favorite nut these days? Right now it's Brazil nuts. We, we just love. Um, we still do uh, soy milk. We make our own soy milk at home so it doesn't have things like carrageenan. We don't become wasteful around the environment of having all those boxes of soy milk around. And we also make hemp milk and macadamia nut milk. Um, and, and we just keep processing around uh, what, what is best for our bodies. Yeah, and it's that, that awareness. Exactly. Is, is a, you know, is almost everything. Like if you if you teach someone, you know, to eat vegan, I would rather teach them to pay attention to how they feel after they eat, and have them go to McDonald's. Right. Like they exactly. Go, if they go once and really have that awareness, they are going to naturally transition to to foods that make them feel good. Right. You're exactly right. That's a great point. So uh, tell us about your, your blog and, and what you do in the community. Sure. So our, our blog, again, is thegayvegans.com. And in June, it'll be two years for us. Um, I'm a fundraiser by trade. And so I've had a fundraising blog for a long time. But I wanted to do something more about what my passion is. And with our blog, it's not necessarily a food blog. It's basically the story of two gay guys who are married who live in a suburb of Denver. And uh, we happen to be vegan, we happen to be married and not ashamed of it. Um, we don't try to ha hide the fact that we're a married gay couple or a vegan couple. Um, and we try to just promote things like compassion. Uh, we try to promote uh, why we're plant-based. We try to promote equality. We try to promote being a voice for the voiceless. And, and that list of voiceless is, is, is as long as as the road is from Denver to Portland. Um, you know, we, we think about um, the, the young man in Tehran who is perceived to be gay who was beheaded last week. We think of the woman who's being raped every night by her husband, in quotes. We're, we think of um, the chickens and the pigs and the cows. We think of uh, people living in extreme poverty. We think of homeless teens who have been kicked out because of uh, their parents uh, believe that they are gay and that it's wrong. Um, so our list of voiceless includes many, many, many people and animals. And we're constantly trying to engage people in conversations around how to make life better for those voiceless. Mm. So do you have um, any thoughts on sort of what, whether like what's the relationship between being gay and being vegan? Are there similarities? Are there, are there you know, things one group can learn from the other? I think um, it all begins around compassion, honestly. Um, I don't know if I'm a more compassionate person because I'm gay or um, I'm a more compassionate person because I live plant-based. Um, but I do know that um, I feel more, you know, I. Being plant-based was because I wanted to become more compassionate, and I and, and having lived um, openly gay for many years, I, I strive to be more compassionate because I don't want anyone ever to be treated poorly or um, with violence or threats of violence or hate 
because of who they publicly are. And so I, I think there's that, that connection there. I also believe that anyone who is fighting for equality or the voiceless, regardless of what category they are in, has an immediate connection with other people who are voiceless or perceived voiceless. So I believe that's a connection as well. Mm -hmm. and, I, and when I hear you talking, the word that keeps coming to my mind is inclusionary. Yes. Um, and you know, so, so many of the, the sort of ethical movements tend to become exclusionary. Um, it sounds like you know, you're consciously trying to bridge some gaps. Oh, definitely. Between, between communities that have been have felt beleaguered maybe and under siege and, and can respond by turning inward as opposed to reaching outward? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think um, a, a great example I use is that if, um, you know, I see a lot of uh, either in, um, wrong interpretation or um, disagreement amongst people who are plant-based and take that a step further and become animal rights activists so many different ways of doing it or you're not doing it this way or you should be this way or you should be no kill in this shelter or no kill doesn't work or this group is terrible or this group is great and i feel that like um, my, my best memory is in the 80s when uh, tens of thousands of people were dying every year of hiv aids and activists got together and said, listen, we cannot fight amongst ourselves while our brothers and sisters are dying by the thousands. And you know, in, in 89, 90, 91, 92, 45 plus thousand people were dying every year from HIV AIDS. And, um, and many groups made decisions, we're gonna focus on this. We're gonna focus on supporting, on finding a cure, on supporting um, and caring for sick people. And, and not worry about where we completely don't agree with everyone else. And sometimes I feel that when people are fighting for the voiceless, especially voiceless animals, that people get bogged down in where they don't agree and where this person is doing this wrong and that group is doing that wrong. And, and they don't keep their eyes on the prize, so to speak. Um, and, and, and so I always get to have fond memories of when all of us didn't disagree but we knew our next door neighbor was gonna die in three days and he had to be cared for. Or our neighbor across the street, you know, she just found out that she was HIV positive and she would live maybe another three months. And that what can we do as a community, set our disagreements aside to care for these people and to ensure that the message of um, preventing HIV and supporting those who were dying was like the top issue. So uh, what, what, what would you like to leave people with, uh, maybe who are transitioning to a plant-based diet or, or thinking about it? What's one piece of advice you'd give them? I think that um, for, for me, um, again, being 47, year old, uh, 47 years old and looking more at my health these days, is really just making okay. sure that okay, what you're good. eating is I'm, benefiting your body. So, um, you know, I like an ice cold cola just as much as the next person or I love a vegan ice cream sandwich or I really love Amy's mac and cheese just as much as anybody else but um, if I'm gonna have that I have to make sure that that is not all I'm eating and that that's more like a treat once in a while and not part of my daily 
um, consumption of food. So I'm always looking, always, always at what is this going to do for me. And and now I, there are people, and Mike and I totally get this that. I'm, we may not be able to afford a basket of organic blueberries. We may not afford to, you know, the newest raspberries that just came in. Or, um, you know, kale is, is slightly more affordable, but Swiss chard is more expensive depending on the season. So there's that whole affordability level. But what we can um, find are huge bags of brown rice. We can find um, big uh, bu- bushels at farmers market of kale that is less expensive. So, I, I would say that um, you know, look, veganism or plant-based diets become more expensive when you look at processed foods. But I don't think they're um, any more expensive than um, a, a meat-based lifestyle. Um, when you when you're just buying fruits and vegetables and so that's that's what i would say you know as many fruits and vegetables as you can eat every day and i'm a huge kale fan and if you don't if you think you don't like kale you know try one of the thousands of recipes online um what we do is um we uh, take uh, kale a little cayenne pepper a little garlic and a little salt and pepper and boom um it's just uh it's, it's delicious and uh, nutritious and it's going to go a long way and we can do that with swiss chard and collard greens as well so um fruits and veggies lots of them that's what i would want to leave people with all right preach it brother yeah all right dan hanley of thegayvegans.com it's been such a pleasure talking with you thank you so much Thank thank you i'm thrilled to be here